Sure, the Super Bowl is happening in Florida as we speak. Well, I mean, the party for the Super Bowl has been going on for a little over a week now. And of course, the Super Bowl will be held on Sunday, the 7th of February, 2021. But the biggest news coming out of Florida is coming from Gainesville, Florida, the home of the University of Florida. In an effort to render city ordinances gender neutral, some Gainesville city commissioners appear to be in favor of allowing women to go topless in public. Yes, Gainesville, looking to let women go topless in public. The good news is, is that a couple of commissioners expressed shock over the content of the attached policy report, which focused on erasing public nudity standards and advocating for the free the nipple campaign. However, because of this, well, this disagreement, confusion over what this new ordinance will consist of, commissioners have decided to ask to make a full presentation at the next meeting sometime this month in February. So we've got that to look forward to. That may be a Zoom call, if they're not meeting in person, that you may want to tune into because I would like to see a full presentation of the Free the Nipple campaign at this commissioner's meeting as well. <laughs> We will keep you updated on the news coming from Gainesville, Florida. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. How bad does it have to be in your neighborhood before you start calling the police on your neighbor? I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I do know that it apparently has happened in a Minnesota neighborhood, Elbow Lake. Minnesota. Property of Brian M. Nelson has apparently ticked off some neighbors. Now, he believes that his property is not subjected to the city ordinances. Hmm. Let's see how good that fight takes him. But he allegedly has threatened complainants, uh, one of whom he believes uh, the sign he erected saying, do not cry wolf lady, was directed at her for complaining about the brush that he burnt on his property. Now, the police have been called over two dozen times to his home since April of last year, in less than a year. And he believes that uh, his goats and dogs running free, trash in his lawn, multiple junk cars uh, are fine. Leave me alone. Now, the neighborhood believes, hey, we're not trying to dictate how people run their lives. We're not trying to make every residence in Elbow Lake look like a golf course. But we do expect people to have respect for their neighbors. And I think there's been a lack of it in this case. And the picture. 
The picture is, uh, it's got a trailer with trash on it out front. It's not laying in the yard. It's just in a trailer. There's a bunch of cars in the driveway and a ladder up. It looks as almost like he's trying to tick off the neighbors more than anything. But then you don't have the goats and the dogs running around in this picture either. And you don't have him out back burning the brush from the trees and the lawn and everything else. So are you complaining? If it's in your neighborhood, does this make you have enough? Do you say, uh, we need to call the police? Do you go over and you talk, try to talk to Mr. Nelson? I've lived in a neighborhood with a person who lived across the street who is literally crazy. And there's no talking to them. There's no dealing with them. There's no anything. You just have to ignore them. And it's very, very difficult. <laughs> I mean really difficult and i can tell you that it was a happy day a happy happy day when this person got kicked out of the house and couldn't live there anymore the house was still closed up and trashy looking but the person was gone and it was a relief (laughs) so maybe the neighborhood is just hoping that Brian M. Nelson moves out or gets kicked out or something happens where he has to leave because then it's just a relief. Okay, how much is too much? That may be the theme of today's broadcast. It says Merv Griffin. I need my Merv Griffin theme today. How much is too much? So an Idaho business owner won the lottery last week for the sixth time. Now, he raked in this time $250,000 on a scratch-off ticket. Now, he owns a nutrition store in his hometown, and he said in a statement that he plays the lottery to support Idaho schools. Right. His win, which he claimed last Thursday, is higher than his previous five lotto prizes. So, he won... 250,000 this last time and he won five other times less than 250,000. Now, I mean, is there any kind of investigation? Do we look into it? Do we figure out how he's doing it? I don't know. I mean, good for him. And I mean, we've all won. I guess I've probably won more than five times in my life, but only, you know, $2, $10. I think the most I've won was, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks or something like that. I don't remember, but it wasn't very much. That's for sure. (laughs) I mean, I was like, okay, good, but, uh, it's not 250,000. And just because 250,000 was the most he's won out of the sixth doesn't mean he hasn't won, you know, a hundred grand here, 125,000 there. And I don't know if there needs to be an investigation or not. I mean, I want to feel good for the guy. And I'm sure that he's purchasing his tickets for the schools. Right. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, that's the way they set up the lottery in Florida. I remember uh, living there when they were pushing for the lottery to start and they finally got it to start. And they passed it because the money was going to go to the schools to help education. Well, that's true. And that's exactly what they did. But what they failed to tell everyone when they were pushing for the lottery to go through and how it was going to help the schools and it was going to create all this income for schools, 
they made it look like they were going to it was going to be on top of the money the schools were already getting Uh -uh, wrong uh what they did is they just let the lottery money go to the schools and any money that was already allocated for the schools uh became allocated for something else which uh you know a little misleading but uh, so what we got the lottery and we were able to play lotto right of course of course that's right <laughs> so this guy we, we I should talk to this guy i want to find out what he's doing i mean he won it on a scratch off so he's winning big money on the scratch offs i don't know if it if it's sold at his nutrition store or not or if he goes next door to the convenience store and sees his buddy every day and plays a scratch off and plays the new ones i've read some plans from different people who have won the lottery a bunch and they have uh their game plan for the scratch offs like it's got to be the newer games and it's got to be the first 30 i don't remember the 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 plan that they were using but they that's how it was you were playing scratch offs and you were playing newer games and you had to play so many in the first 50 tickets or something like that i I just i don't remember their plan but that's how you do it so maybe that's what that guy's this guy's doing to help the schools he's just scratching off on the new games and uh you know that's when the that's when the percentages go down and the winning or the percentages for the winners go up um it's just uh you know it's i don't know if it works or not it works for these people good luck god bless i just am i am i unhappy that this man has won six times and his last time was two hundred and fifty thousand? you betcha am i happy for him Ooh, man i mean he says he's going to use this money for his daughter's education okay so now he's helping schools in idaho and he's helping his daughter with his education i mean how can i feel bad for that no 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 congratulations and congratulations to the three private citizens going to the international space station i know it's only costing them 55 million dollars each <laughs> i feel like we've talked about this before but that seems like a lot of money just to go to the iss for eight days i know it's coming up this year too so it's going to be conducted by axiom space and they plan to send the three private citizens along with michael lopez algeria a former nasa astronaut and vice president of axiom space the other man on the mission larry o'connor 71 an american entrepreneur and real estate investor mark pathy 51 a canadian investor and ethan stibbe s-t-i-b-b-e 63 an israeli businessman and ex-fighter pilot each man are going to engage in various philanthropic projects while in orbit (laughs) are they (laughs) such as teaching or doing experiments for researchers on the ground okay all right i'll raise your right arm oh yeah see how that works yeah that's great (laughs) this collection of pioneers the first space crew of its kind 
Right. Okay. So for fifty-five million each, are you doing philanthropic projects while in orbit? Uh, my philanthropic project was paying fifty-five million dollars for this. Okay. There you go. That one works. Because we already know that Tom Cruise is going up there, right? He's going up there to film the first movie in space. And that's coming up, I don't know, sometime next year in 2022, I think. And that's going to be some 200 million movie project. But I don't know how much they're, how much Cruise is paying to go up. And that's going up with SpaceX and NASA. So, okay. I mean, and I see where Russia now is, they're pissed. They don't want Tom Cruise to be the first actor in space. Okay, so they've put out a, a casting call for a real superhero to go to the stars. Um, okay, so applicants don't have to be professional actors, but they do have to be between the ages of 25 and 40 and be physically fit. Only Russian citizens are being considered for the part. The actress must weigh between 50 and 70 kilograms and have a chest girth of up to 112 centimeters. Additionally, she must be able to run one kilometer or kilometer in three and a half minutes or less, swim 800 meters freestyle in 20 minutes, dive from a three meter springboard with an impressive technique. That's it, though. That's all the Russians are looking for. I got news for you. Uh, even if this person, whoever she is, goes to space and acts in some kind of movie for this Roscosmos production company, uh, it ain't a worldwide actor. Okay, Tom Cruise still wins. <laughs> no matter what you do, Tom Cruise still wins. Okay, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Russia. But no, no, Millie from St. Petersburg doesn't win that. I don't care. You can throw her on the rocket and shoot her up there and put a camera in front of her and have her flying through space. It still does not beat Tom Cruise. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. But now back to the three private citizens. $55 million dollars each woof woof now maybe tom cruise is footing the bill i don't know it would only be what 150 165 million ah, tom could cover that no problem speaking of covering the bill um guantanamo bay yes i know we talked about it last week about the pentagon saying that they were going to give detainees the vaccine for the coronavirus and people were all wound up that they were like now we're coming to people in prisons what are we doing uh, I mean, maybe we do. Maybe we don't. I don't know. But that certainly highlighted Gitmo. And we have spent an amazing amount of money at Gitmo. I mean, an incredible amount of money. Okay. Get this. The U.S. government. And by the U.S. government, I mean you and me, the taxpayer, have spent an estimated $161.5 million housing the suspected mastermind of the 9-11 terror attacks, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. That's one guy. 
And up until Saturday, this past weekend, he was going to receive the vaccine so that he could be tried and probably put to death. But if he's convicted, you know, if he's convicted and he's not going to be put to death because this administration has already said that they're going to get rid of the federal execution. So we're still going to be paying for him behind bars. So he was captured in 2003. And we're just now getting to the trial. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So it's now that's just one guy. Okay. So they don't know exactly how much the federal government spends housing its Gitmo prisoners, but they guess a a guesstimate between 9.5 and $13 million per prisoner per year wow now gitmo has 40 inmates right now so we spend seventy-eight thousand dollars per inmate at supermax prison in florence colorado <laughs> okay i mean i i know i know they're prisoners and they're high risk and they're in jail and we got to keep them so they can't get out i know it just seems like a huge ungodly amount of money to keep these guys especially in gitmo do i want to let them go no no i do not so according to this u.s taxpayers have spent over six billion dollars since its inception at guantanamo wow now that's including you know charter planes to and from the island uh, government devices that are destroyed each year spills the classified information oh isn't that special yeah isn't that special we just don't know exactly how much pentagon funded defense attorneys priced at half a million dollars a year in total legal costs amounting 60 million even though guantanamo has only ever had one finalized conviction well that's because we're keeping them there and we know they're bad people Right. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, you know, the alleged terrorists, but these are bad people on earth, on the planet. We've got them locked up. So do we just juice them all? What do you think? We just juice them all and get rid of it. Execute them all. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) okay. I know that Obama wanted to shut it down. He never could do it. Trump, I think, I don't know that he wanted to shut it down, but he wanted to, you know, he was all happy for it, but I don't know that he was happy for spending the money for it. It just seems like an awful lot of money to keep these bad guys around. Maybe we cut the price down a little bit and they don't have as many amenities as I think they have. We talked about a soccer field being built for them, that kind of thing. Maybe we you know reel in the amenities and we just say here's a cell this is where you're staying and our money our costs are for security and guards not prisoners i think that still drops the price a little bit i think i'm all for that oh and did i mention that they've decided not to give the prisoners the vaccine (laughs) 
yeah that was too much we were all wound up about uh, giving them the vaccine so we've decided to put a pause on that wow but we're still going to go ahead and pay for all the amenities but we're just not going to give them the vaccine i mean if we're thinking that there's going to be side effects it seems like prison would be a good place to try it out at right give them the shots something bad happens maybe we don't give it to the masses just a thought Ah, let's go to the break room. We need something cold to drink for sure. Hey, did you see where we now think that, well, I say we as in one guy, uh, thinks that uh, patient zero for AIDS was actually a World War I soldier because uh, he was forced to hunt for animals for food. I mean, does it matter? I don't know. I don't know. Jacques Pepin, who once worked as a bush doctor in Central Africa in the 80s, professor in the Department of Microbiology and Infectious Diseases at the Université de Sherbrooke in Quebec, makes uh, an intriguing hypothesis, um, the focus of a new edition of his famed book, Origin of AIDS. Uh, patient zero was likely injured after killing a subspecies of chimp in a 2011 edition of the book Pepin originally uh, post HIV leapt from chimps to humans after an injured African hunter killed one of the beasts in 1921 becoming infected in the process well in the second edition released last month Pepin draws on research in medical archives in Africa and Europe suggesting patient zero was not a native hunter but instead a starving World War I soldier forced to hunt chimps for food when his regiment got stuck in the remote forest around Molalandu Cameroon and ran out of food supplies uh, you know, does it matter, really? I guess it does. I, I guess so. I mean, according to Pepin, we have a moral obligation to the millions of human beings who have died and will die from this infection. Second, this tragedy was facilitated or even caused by human interventions, colonization, urbanizations, and probably well-intentioned public health campaigns. O okay. I, I mean, let's just find a cure. How about we do that? How about we don't worry about the World War I soldier that was hungry and ate a chimp and then got injured? Um, maybe we just worry about finding a cure. What do you think? Because I know that we're all worried about uh, uh, coronavirus, but I was reading this weekend that ah, the next pandemic is going to be a deadly fungus. So I don't know if that's good news that we're not all going to die from coronavirus or it's bad news that, yeah, coronavirus was pretty bad, but uh, the next one is a deadly fungus and there's nothing we can do about it. Wait, what? Yeah, a uh, yeast-like fungi infection known as Candida auris, C-A-N-D-I-D-A-A-U-R-I-S, uh, is nearly a perfect pathogen. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, it can be fatal, particularly when it enters the bloodstream, typically through 
catheters or other tubes entering the body in healthcare settings. <laughs> it was identified in 2009 and is almost impervious to antifungal drugs. Oh, okay. That's great. Now, remember there was a big outbreak of this in England in 2016. And he said, uh, it's not just the fungus, it's the resistance to drugs that makes it impressive. Oh, what else is scary about it? Well, it lingers on inanimate surfaces for long periods. And, you know, right now, whatever we throw at it, it just laughs. <laughs> Uh, you know, it withstands everything we throw at it. Oh, well, where did it come from? We don't know. I don't know. It's like, uh, you know, it bubbled up from, from, uh, you know, wherever. And it's just, uh, you know, according to Dr. Tom Chiller, who runs the CDC's antifungal division. Yeah. It's like a creature from the black lagoon. Oh, okay. Sure. No problem. So many doctors believe we need to invest more in research and development and prepare our defenses. Yeah, I'm all for that. How about we take some of the money that we give to Gitmo and we put it into research to stop stuff like this? How about that? I'm all for that. What do you say? Yeah, let's do that. Let's take some money that we give to the prisoners at Supermax prisons and Gitmo. You know what? What the hell? All prisons. We take a little bit of cash from all of them. We lessen the amenities of the people in prison. And we spend it on research and development to save us from stuff like this. Candida oris. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. You're welcome. Hey, another thing that's a good idea is if you're listening to this show right now and you're not a subscriber to this show, to this podcast, you need to become a subscriber. Just whatever platform you're listening on now, you can subscribe to the show on, or you can choose one like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever one warms the little cockles of your heart, and then subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It's really a simple process, and it makes you that much better of a person. Because right now you're just a freeloader. Nobody likes freeloaders. But if you subscribe to the podcast, which is free, you become a freeloading subscriber. And everybody loves freeloading subscribers. And you know you want to fit in, right? And become someone that everybody likes. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the freeloader. But everyone wants to be a part of the freeloading subscribers. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Okay? Okay, then. That's a good idea. Hey, and don't forget about my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Go ahead and subscribe to that, too. You're already subscribing. Just subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the little notification bell so you know when the new videos post. You might as well follow me on social media. Uh, Twitter, at JeffyJFR, you know, as long as it's still existing. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. And if that lost social media world of parlor ever comes back that'll be jeff fisher radio again that's i don't know i keep we kept hearing in the past few weeks that it's going to come back and yet it hasn't so we shall see we shall see you know one of the things also that makes this podcast free is 
your subscription to Blaze TV. Now, we also have commercials and we have clients that, uh, you know, pay to be on the show, which helps. No question about it. That's why they're here. And you should should pay homage to those companies by using their product and purchasing their product. But you could also become a paying subscriber to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash jeffy, blazetv.com slash jeffy, and you can uh, become a subscriber to Blaze TV. Right now, you can get $30 off for a year subscription. I know. I don't even think you need to use the promo code Jeffy, but it's possible. So blazetv.com slash Jeffy. And if you have to use a promo code Jeffy, but it'll get you $30 off a year's subscription to Blaze TV. If you just scroll down, when you hit that homepage, it's, you get down to choose your plan. And there's a monthly pass that you can get. There's a three-year pass that you can get. But the annual pass, the one-year deal right now, if you're listening uh, live on the 1st of February, 2021, you can get $30 off for a year's subscription to Blaze TV. So I don't know how long it's going to last. I would go there as soon as possible. And then that's what helps keep this show going for you to become a freeloading subscriber instead of that nasty freeloader. I mean, I guess it's important to know how things got started, right? I mean, we're talking about the uh, the AIDS epidemic because last week, you know, the team of uh, the team from the World Health Organization wrapped up their quarantine after arriving in Wuhan, and uh, they're going to begin their formal investigation into the coronavirus origins. Okay, I mean, are we ever going to find out? I don't know. I know their mission according to them, is to understand where the virus started. And China's CDC believes that Wuhan was the spreader, not the birthplace. And how it jumped to humans. To do so, they'll take field visits to the city's hospitals, labs, and seafood market where the outbreak started. Now they stressed the WHO, uh, that their purpose of this investigation is to learn more about the virus and help prevent future outbreaks. Uh Uh-huh. Sure, no problem. And I know that uh, there's already been a documentary at uh, Sundance Sundance Film Festival. Filmmaker uh, Nanfu Wang premiered in the same breath, which is a documentary exploring the propaganda, cover-ups, and disinformation spread by Chinese and American governments during the pandemic. That may actually be interesting to watch. I'd like to see how Nanfu Wang uh, covered all the, what he's calling propaganda uh, as far as the coronavirus. Speaking of Wang, did you see the story where last week we talked about uh, China doing anal swabs and how it was actually a a kind of a last resort they were still doing the nasal swabs and the you know jam the the swab into your brain test but the anal swabs were uh more exact and they had to uh you know they would go in and lived longer in your in your poop track however I see this weekend where a story talked about uh, passengers on a flight to Beijing 
were reportedly ordered to disembark after officials said one came from an area deemed as high risk for COVID-19. They were then brought to a hotel where health workers took nose and anal swabs, said a passenger who asked to be identified only by his last name, Wang. Okay, so I don't believe it. I don't believe it's true. (laughs) I don't believe we're supposed to believe an unidentified passenger. I'm sorry. The passenger who identified himself as Wang that they all got anal swabs. Okay. All right. No, I don't believe it. I I don't believe it. It's just, you know, it's just me. Just me. It doesn't mean that it's not true. It just means I don't have to believe it and you can't make me. Okay. I just won't. I'm not. It just doesn't sound real. More on things that aren't real. I watched, uh, you know, the Little Things movie on HBO Max. It's in theaters as well with uh, Denzel and Rami Malek and Jared Leto. I will say I liked it, but I, I don't know. I feel like it could have been better. I mean... I don't know. It's worth a watch. No question. I'm going to go back and watch it again. But because I, you know, I love Denzel and Rami was great and Jared Leto was great. And the twist at the end was nice. But I just feel like there were some things that happened in the middle that I wish it was done better. That's all. That's all. I wish it was done better. Did they call me and say, hey, Jeff. Can you help us direct and produce this thing? No. No, they did not. Uh, You know. So, all right. Mr. John Lee Hancock, director. We got you. Take care. You didn't want my help. Do it yourself. (laughs) Sure, you've got Danzel and Rami and Jared. Sure, you've got those professionals. But you really needed me. You did. Okay. And then I got, I saw a tweet from my man, Brad Meltzer, who's been on this show, uh, you know, several times and I love him, author, friend, you know, what TV star, superstar, Brad Meltzer, you know who he is. And he tweeted out that I needed to watch. And I took it that he was talking to me directly, not just all his followers on Twitter that I needed to watch in and of itself on Hulu and don't look up what it's about. Don't try to figure it out. Just watch it. And so I did, I took his, I took his advice and I watched it and I tweeted out my review. Wow. Just wow. It was, it was incredible. It was really, really incredible. I have no idea really what to call it. I went and I started reading and I did some interviews, uh, looked at some interviews and read some interviews with Derek Del Guardio, the star He's a two-time Academy of Magical Arts close-up magician of the year. Uh, He worked for Disney. I mean, he's a genius. The guy is amazing. And so I'm not real sure how to explain the show other than just watch it. And, I mean, at the end, you know, spoiler alerts, I guess. No, you know what? I'm not going to. Yes, I am because I don't care. Uh, at the end, they do, uh, you know, he goes through the audience and you see the people in the audience. Now, I don't think it was the, you know, they show multiple scenes in the movie. Uh, 
from different shows because it aired on Broadway, I don't know, five or 600 shows. So I don't know how many shows they filmed to make this movie. So, but at, at the end, you see Bill Gates was at one of the shows. Uh, Tim Gunn from Project Runway was at one of the shows. Uh, a couple people said there were a couple people from uh, uh, other television shows there. And so, you know, you know that people, well, I mean, it's a Broadway show. Everybody, of course, you're going to go. And it was produced. Had I known this, I may have really put a, a crimp in my viewing was that it was produced by uh, Stephen Colbert and it looked like his wife. Um, and that really, oof, that oof, hurts me. But uh, I loved it. It was great. And he even talks in one interview, Derek Delgado talks about uh, how he went on Colbert to promote the show and that actually hurt the show because people thought it was going to be something else than what it was. And it's better if you just go there not knowing what it is. So just watch the show and then email me chewing the fat at the blaze.com and tell me what you think more than just my Twitter review of wow, just wow. And maybe that's what you get out of it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's all you get out of the show is wow, just wow. Because throughout the show, you're reaching inside of yourself and feeling that you need to be better. And maybe that's all you're supposed to get out of the show. I don't know. Watch it in and of itself on Hulu. And let me know, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Let me know what you think of it. Because it was, was, it, was it was a pretty incredible watch. You know, I didn't, I it was, I wasn't, I had to pause it a few times um, throughout it, and I didn't want to when I had to. And usually I don't care. You know, that's what the pause button is there for. That's why I like watching shows in my home, because I'm able to pause it and do what I want and then get back to it. Okay? But uh, I really, I wanted to continue on with the show and did. Uh, I didn't pause it for very long, the times that I did while watching it. So just let me know what you think of it in and of itself on Hulu. And if you watch the little things on HBO Max or at the theater, you can let me know what you thought of that as well. But I know, I know what the reviews on that are going to be. I didn't read any this weekend. I'll go back and read some from time to time and see what they think. But I have, I have a pretty good idea what the reviews are going to be on the little things. And it's probably not good. So just let me know what you think about that as well. But I'm more interested in what you think of in and of itself. And I see where Grammy-nominated electronic artist Sophie dead at 34 this weekend. All the headlines, terrible accident. Now, Sophie was a new, you know, star for the last few years and was trans. And according to the uh, all the reports, tragically, our beautiful Sophie passed away this morning after a terrible accident. True to her spirituality, she had climbed up to watch the full moon and accidentally slipped and fell. Right. So she was living in Greece, or he was living in Greece, she was living in Greece, whatever. Sorry, don't mean to dead pronoun them. And ooh, even more so now. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. 
Uh, that's not funny. It is kind of, but. Uh, so we're to believe that Sophie didn't kill herself. We're to believe that she climbed up on these rocks to see the moon and then accidentally slipped and fell. Okay. All right. I believe it. Not really. Still sad. And rest in peace. I don't want anybody to die ever. But I just, I don't want the stories to be false either. Okay. Another sad story you see where Tony Bennett is struggling with Alzheimer's. Man, I do not want that disease. I do not, I don't wish that on anyone. Uh, the family confirmed uh, the news in a profile for AARP magazine. No, I didn't read the magazine. This is just an article about the profile. He was diagnosed in 2016, started to show real signs of decline in 2018. That's while he was recording an album with Lady Gaga. And his wife, Susan, said there's a lot about him that I miss, but he's not the old Tony anymore. When he sings, he's the old Tony. Now, he's 94 years old, and his condition has progressed since the diagnosis. But apparently he doesn't have disorientation or he doesn't wander from home. Um, doesn't have episodes of terror, rage, or depression. Uh, okay. I mean, I hope not. I don't want any of the, anything to do with the disease uh, at all. Period. Now, she claims the wife, she looks out for him and takes care of him. She says that uh, he's on a Mediterranean diet, an exercise regime, both of which have been shown to help slow the memory loss. Um, she takes care of him every day. The doctor says, you know, it's great devotion. She's been, uh, you know, married to Tony since 2007. Apparently, he rehearses twice a week now. And obviously, he hasn't performed since March of 2020. Right? I mean, that's, you know, lockdown time. But uh, she claims uh, he's 94. She's 54. Bless his heart. Um, she hopes for a peaceful end. I mean, she's already talking about it. She wants him to die peacefully. She talks about uh, Sean Connery's wife saying that uh, when he died last year after the battle with dementia, he passed away quietly in his sleep. I'm hoping for that with Tony. Hopefully he'll just go to sleep one night and that will be that. I'm hoping and praying that he won't take a turn for the worse. That's really crazy bad. That is so sad. I mean, I do not want that disease. And really, I mean, doesn't everyone, even if you don't have dementia and you're in your 90s, don't you want to just go to sleep one night and have that be that? Really? And I see where they're trying to... I mean, that's enough of... <laughs> enough of that. It's just so sad. I do not want... I do not wish Alzheimer's on anyone. I see where they're trying to kind of soften up the Hunter Biden story a little bit. Where he is now, you know, they're talking about his art career. Okay. Thanks, Hunter. We appreciate your painting now. That's wonderful. I hope you're creating some beautiful artwork. I know you're still, you know, under criminal investigation for your taxes and international business dealings but you know i know you're going back and forth to dc from your hollywood hills home okay and you're just 
lying low and focusing on your art career oh okay so apparently he's got this new art show he's putting together with an art dealer that with questionable ties no hunter doing something with questionable people stop it i won't hear of it so they made a big deal about him you know living in the hollywood hills and you know he's got his uh guest house or i'm sorry the pool house that he's turned into the art studio and that's what's helped him get through his drug addictions and everything that's really put a cringe on his lifestyle yeah his lifestyle of living in his twelve thousand dollar a month home in the hollywood hills driving his ninety thousand dollar porsche yeah it's tough it's tough i know it's tough to take isn't it hunter i know and don't forget uh we heard the story not long ago about how he was renting out another house in la just to go party <laughs> yeah how's that artwork working out hunter had enough of painting so you're gonna go down and rent another house and party for a week after you fight with the wife right everything is fine everything is fine don't you worry about it there's nothing gonna happen to him anyway i don't know why these investigations are going nowhere fast i mean he's the son of who is now the president of the united states sorry nothing gonna happen i know you've still got that whole china's business dealing going on and you're still getting a little bit of cash from that deal but so big deal and now you're going to be you know selling your artwork so there's no way to cover up any extra cash coming in by selling art is there oh and uh before i leave today i wanted to congratulate black lives matter i know it doesn't happen often on this show but i wanted to congratulate uh congratulate congratulate yeah i just wanted to say congratulations to black lives matter the movement has been nominated for a 2021 nobel peace prize (sighs) they've been nominated for bringing forward a new consciousness and awareness about racial justice now blm has said it's only getting started in its fight for racial justice congratulations congratulations black lives matter on your nomination for the nobel peace prize and we can only hope we can only hope that this award goes to the most deserving nominee.